Welcome back to another episode of Next Gen Athletics, the podcast all about college sports. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about all the results from the weekend, how those results are going to affect the college football landscape for the remainder of the season, and my winners and losers from the weekend. Now, ladies and gents, let's kick the tires and light the fires. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. I hope you guys had a blessed weekend. Uh, I know I sure did. Got to go home for the weekend, hang out with the family, went to a concert, got to watch all the football Saturday. Uh, it was beautiful weather outside. Hope you guys were able to enjoy it as much as I was. Uh, but what a weekend it was for college football. It was an absolutely crazy weekend. All the top games that I picked, with the exception of one, went right down to the wire. Unfortunately, some of my picks didn't pull out. I only went two and three on the weekend. But thank you to Utah for going for two and saving me from being one and four and having a really poor weekend. Uh, But with that being said, most of the games we picked to be games of the weekend delivered, uh, with the exception of one. And we're going to start with that one. At noon, the Michigan Wolverines take down the Penn State Nittany Lions 41-17. to Like I said, guys, coming into this game, there were a lot of questions. You know, what was Michigan going to you know, establish an identity? Was their defense going to show up and be able to per- perform? And they did. Uh, they established the run identity. They went for 418 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. And J.J. McCarthy only threw for 145 and did not have... A touchdown. Uh, so clearly, uh, Jim Harbaugh's side is kind of showing that they want to be a running offense. They want to use the ground as their as their means of being able to pick up yardage, wear teams down, which they did very well in this game, uh, just wearing away at the Penn State uh, defensive line and linebacker core. Um, and, you know, late in that game, Penn State just didn't have an answer. They had nothing in the tank. Um, you know, unfortunately. You know, offensively, it seemed like they didn't they didn't have an answer for Michigan's defense, uh, struggling to score, uh, really only having success in the second quarter. Um, you know, overall, just a dominant performance for the Michigan Wolverines, and that's something that coming into this year, I think a lot of people were expecting the Wolverines to have that kind of performance every single week, week in, week out, dominating people. Uh, but lately, they've, they've struggled. We've talked about it before. I said last week they were a contender, but I was hesitant to say so. Now, I feel a lot more comfortable coming in uh, to these next couple weeks, coming into the back half of the season, calling Michigan that contender. Um, you know, unless they, they just lose a game, a, a blunder, so to speak, uh, before the Ohio State game, I would be would be pretty surprised if they weren't undefeated going into that game and in Columbus, I think that game is going to decide a lot. I think that game is going to be, um, you know, every year it's it's a big, big game. But I think that game last year kind of set that precedent. I think it's going to reach it this year as well. Um, you know, I, I like I've said before, I'm very, very, very high on Ohio State. I don't think Michigan's going to be able to get the job done, especially not in Columbus. Um, but with that being said, like we keep saying, College football is a crazy sport. <laughs> Bizarre things happen all the time. So, you know, it's something that we're just going to have to wait and kind of see what happens. But if I had to pick right now, 
that Michigan team is going to be undefeated going into Columbus, and they're going to come out with their first loss of the season. Uh, moving on, guys. Uh, Georgia taking care of business over Vanderbilt. I don't think anybody was going to question this. 55 to nothing over Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, you, you had a good start to the season. You got three wins. I mean, round of applause to you for that. Um, but, man, you are in the wrong league. You do not need to be in the SEC football. Uh, you need to be in the American. Um, I hate to be disrespectful. Nashville is a really cool city. Uh, I've never had the, the honor to be there, but I've heard really, really good things about it. Um, but I mean, boy, it's just a cupcake weekend and week out for these teams playing Vanderbilt. So, you know, hopefully that they can get that turn around at some point. Hopefully that side can have, have some success, but it does not look like it's going to be any time in the near future. Uh, Georgia just running over them, which part of that could also be that Georgia's just Georgia. You know, they've, they've run over everybody this year with the exception of Missouri and Kent State. So, you know, I think Georgia's really good. I think Vanderbilt's really bad. So I think it was a combination of the two that just kind of sent the whole whole thing into a spiral. Uh, moving into my next game, and I, I had picked this game to be one of the games of the weekend, and it lived up to the hype. TCU getting the W over Oklahoma State in second overtime with a final score of 43-40. to You know, Oklahoma State was up. They looked like they were in control of this game. Um, you know, I kind of checked in on this game a lot. Obviously, I was watching the Tennessee game, as I think pretty much everybody else was. Uh, but I checked in on it a good good couple times. Yeah, I, I did not think after halftime that the Cowboys would be in any danger of losing this game. And thanks to a big fourth quarter from TCU, they were able to come back, force overtime, and in second overtime, scoring a touchdown when Oklahoma State could only get a field goal. Secures the W for TCU. Uh, both teams still looking high, uh, still ranked at the top three in the Big 12, but big, big weekends coming up for both of these teams. TCU is going to host Kansas State this weekend. Uh, it's another home game. Um the Horn Frogs looking to stay undefeated. Kansas State looking to get another big win. Um, they're undefeated in conference play, not undefeated overall, but undefeated in conference play. So that's that's for that top spot in the Big Twelve. So that's going to be a big time game in in Texas. Uh, and speaking of Texas, Oklahoma State and Texas are going to duel it out this weekend as well. Um, once again, fighting those top four spots really up for grabs. We're going to really get. A lot of questions in the Big 12 answered this weekend. Um, but like I said, that, that Oklahoma State game really lived up to the hype. I was hoping it would. Um, I expected it to. Unfortunately, TCU, you proved me wrong. You got the best of me. Final score, 43-40. Horn Frogs taking on the W. Moving into another game. I didn't get to talk about this game very, very much on Friday. I think I mentioned it. Um, but I think that's about as much coverage as it got. Uh, the Syracuse-North Carolina State game, this game really looked like it was going to shape up to be one for the ages in the ACC. Unfortunately, early in the day, though, NC State coming out and saying starting quarterback Devin Leary is going to be out for the year with a partially torn pectoral muscle. Um, he is a, is a hope for, for the NFL draft, so I think for him... The, the concern was he could come back, um, but 
you know, coming back would risk, you know, hurting it more, affecting his draft stock. Um, so I think he's making a smart decision for himself uh, to sit out the rest of the year, have surgery, go ahead and get it taken care of and healed up before the uh, the combine this upcoming spring. But what a loss it is for North Carolina State. Um, unfortunately, they lose this game to Syracuse 24-9. to Just never really looked like they could get anything going offensively, which, you know, when you lose your starting quarterback, that tends to happen. Um, but that's that's a massive loss for NC State. I don't want to say it's going to end their season, but effectively, I think when you don't have a quarterback, and the quarterback at the caliber of Devin Leary is, um, it's it's going to be uh, very, very difficult for that Wolfpack side to kind of respond. Um, you know, obviously playing in the ACC, they don't necessarily have the hardest schedule remaining, um, but it's a schedule nonetheless that that is going to offer some, some competition. Uh, luckily, the Wolfpack have a bye week this upcoming week, so they're going to get a chance to regroup, uh, re- take a look at the offense, and, and really kind of dive back in and, and hopefully kind of figure out a way to salvage the rest of the season. You know, I would, I would hate to see um, that team really kind of take a nosedive because um, I, I personally, I like NC State. I think it's fun every now and again to have a new team kind of come up and, and introduce themselves to the college football world, so to speak. Um, with that being said, Syracuse, heck yeah. Well done, guys. I saw something on Twitter earlier today that said Syracuse was 6-0 and for the first time since 1987. Um, so that's massive. That's huge for them. Um, they unfortunately have to go into one of the hardest places to play this weekend uh, in Death Valley in Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, that game's on noon kickoff on ABC. ABC and Clemson, the relationship that that all relationships should try to live up to be like. Um, but you know, Syracuse they're gonna they're gonna be tested. Obviously, that that Tigers team uh, we're gonna get that game in a little bit. But that Tigers team looked very good. Um, not so much in the fourth quarter, but definitely for, through the first three, um, defensively, offensively, just pretty much having their way with the Knolls. Um, like I said, we're going to dive into that game here in just a couple minutes, but Syracuse is really going to be able to showcase what they got. You know, I think Garrett Schrader's a good quarterback, but we're going to really kind of get all of our questions answered um, for Syracuse this weekend. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and speaking of that Clemson game, we'll go ahead and get into it. The Clemson Tigers going down to Tallahassee and, and getting the W, 34-28. You know, I went on the record and I said Florida State was going to get the dub. And, and I thought I had a good chance until three minutes left to go in the first half when Clemson gets a field goal, forces a fumble, gets a touchdown, all of a sudden... Instead of it being 14-14, 17-14 at halftime, unfortunately the Tigers started to pull away. Obviously the first drive, after a big return from Will Shipley, uh, they were able to connect on a flea flicker for a touchdown down the field. Um, and from there, you know, even even a late Florida State uh, kind of surge, it never really looked in doubt. Um, I, I never was going to... Once once the Clemson Tigers go up at halftime, it's very, very hard for me to sit down and, and, and convince myself that they're going to lose, um, and, it, and it proved today, or not today, but this weekend. Uh, so Clemson gets the job done. I officially, uh, I'm going to be on the Clemson train. Uh, like I said, I think they control their own destiny. I really, really do. 
I was just a little hesitant. I feel a lot better about saying that they're that they're a a team that has a real shot at making that college football playoff. Um, once again, if they can go undefeated, win the ACC, then I don't think that there's any doubt that they don't get in, uh, especially being an undefeated team. Um, if they were to drop a game, I think then it would have to be uh, debated a little more. But an undefeated conference champion, especially in the ACC, and the year the ACC is having, um, I think it's a guarantee that Clemson gets in. Florida State drops another one that's three in a row. Florida State, I mean, that's to start 4-0 and and then end up 4-3, and 2-3 and in conference play. I mean, lick your wounds. You got to get ready to go. There's blood in the water again. I've said it. I'll say it again. Got to be careful, Florida State. You're having a good year. You don't want it to turn into a year where you end up going 6-6 six and six because you can't just you just can't close out games. Um, but Clemson getting the W in this one, 34-28. Uh, moving on to my next game, Mississippi State and Kentucky. I didn't get to talk about this game a lot on Friday. Personally, I didn't think it was going to be a super close game. I didn't think it was going to be a super great game. Um, I didn't ex- know what to expect out of the Wildcats' offense. Um, I knew what to expect out of Mississippi State's offense. We're going to kind of talk about that here in a minute. But Kentucky's going to get the W 27-17 over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Will Levis started this game, had to leave at one point with a shoulder injury. It looked like it was going to be bad. Comes back into the game, kind of delivers a clutch finish for the Wildcats. Uh, Chris Rodriguez had a big day going for almost 200 yards. I think he's kind of proving to be uh, some of the cream of the crop in the, the SEC, so to speak. Uh, kind of building that draft stock after some some off-field issues to start the year. Um, but but this game was 3-3 three to three at halftime. I think Mississippi State had a real opportunity to win this game. Um, but Mike Leach is so determined to throw the football that it hurts him often. You know, that's why I think some of the folks at at Washington State kind of ran him out because a lot of the time, you know, you see these opportunities to run the football. You know, South Carolina proved that last week that Kentucky is, is struggles to stop the run and Mississippi State comes in with their air raid offense and throws the ball and and they don't have any success and ultimately they die by it you know they win by it they die by it sometimes that's how it goes um credit to Mike Leach for for having that identity and and sticking with it no matter what but to a fault I would argue to a fault uh but Kentucky gets the W uh luckily this game had a little more offense in the in the second half but still just not a great game in my opinion um you know, kind of saved, saved by Chris Rodriguez, especially in that second half, kind of getting going and and having two touchdowns. We're gonna talk about two more games. Uh, the late one, uh, Utah beats USC forty three to forty two. This game was an absolute shootout. Um, I remember watching this game, kind of flipping back and forth between this game and the Clemson game. Uh, ultimately, I finished watching this game after the Clemson game was done, uh, but. I mean, just huge scoring in this game. Two of the best offenses in the country uh, with Caleb Williams and Cameron Rising at quarterbacks. Both guys just having an absolute day. Um, you know, it was 21-28 to 28 at halftime. 
but Utah got the ball to start the second half, so it was kind of one of those things where, you know, stealing that extra possession, scoring a touchdown right before halftime, getting a touchdown after halftime to, to even that game up. But both quarterbacks having a day. Caleb Williams went for 381 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, Cam Rising went for 418, 415, excuse me, 415 yards and two passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. So uh, combined 10 touchdowns between the two quarterbacks. Um, so just a, an absolute day to be a quarterback in this game. Uh, Utah ultimately getting the job done thanks to a late two-point conversion uh, by the Utes. Uh, an absolute raucous crowd in Salt Lake City. Um, you know, it's fun to watch college football and have have these atmospheres like that. Um, you know, a lot of times some of these West Coast teams and, and their fans don't necessarily get the credit, so to speak, that they deserve. Um, but I, I, I mean, I'll be I'll be honest. I had no idea that uh, Utah had a stadium that big, had a crowd that raucous, that loud. Um, I heard at one point during the broadcast they said that it was the most people they'd ever had at a game in Utah history. So, you know, credit for that fan base for showing up, showing out. Um, credit to Utah for getting the job done. I know Vegas had them as a favorite, but anytime you're you're ranked lower than a team, I consider it an upset. So Utah gets the upset over the OSC Trojans. Um, you know, in a game where I thought that that USC would be tested, I, I mentioned that I didn't think that they would they would get the win. But USC still proved a lot of people wrong that that they are a legit team, that they are capable of competing with the best. Um, you know, I think, like I said, that Utah offense is very very good. Um, I'm very high on Cam Rising. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a quarterback destined for greatness in the NFL. Um, but, you know, it, it's something where where they had to go prove it, and, and they did, um, as well as as um, uh, USC kind of proving that they are a good team, that they are a good offense. Lincoln Riley continues to show that he is a stellar, stellar head coach. Lastly, moving into the game of the weekend, and let's take a moment and, and just appreciate, appreciate the game that we all got to watch, the competition between two great head coaches. I mean, this game is, is going to go down in history. That's definitely in Knoxville, and I'd argue in the SEC, is one of the best we've seen. Tennessee... Jumping out to a huge lead, 14 points over Bama in the first quarter. Bama, in typical Nick Saban fashion, comes back, especially after halftime. Um, and Bryce Young, <laughs> have a day, young man. You know, I mentioned I mentioned last week I thought it would be very close if Bryce Young was able to play. I asked the question, you know, is his shoulder going to be okay? Quickly in the first half, Nick Saban demonstrated that Bryce Young's shoulder was fine. He took he took a ton of shots in this game um, and still showed up. You know, went for 455 yards and two touchdown passes. I mean, uh, just a stellar performance coming off a shoulder injury like that. Hendon Hooker himself had a day as well. Went for 385 yards, five touchdowns, and threw his first interception of the year. Um, but the Tennessee Volunteers get the dub after the Bama Crimson Tide drive down the field. Uh, have to settle for a long field goal effort that Tennessee defense held them. 
and you know I've seen a lot of a lot of people on Twitter and, and social media kind of getting on this this Alabama kicker. We need to take a second though. To all the people out there who say that being a kicker is easy, and I know I'm a soccer player, I, I kind of have have a soft side for kickers, so to speak, because I got so many friends uh, who've kicked um, for their for their high school teams. I got a couple friends who are kicking in college. Um, being a kicker is really really hard. Fifty yards is a really long way. I'd like to see a lot of people on Twitter try and kick a twenty yard field goal. Um, much less a 50-yarder. Um, the Alabama kicker walked up, uh, looked looked shaken. Um, it's hard to not be shaken when you have 104,000 people screaming at you, um, and and the result obviously showed that he was he was unsure of himself. He was lacking that confidence. He's had a rough couple weeks. Uh, Tennessee was able to capitalize, and in <laughs> a kicker who barely barely got that ball through, I know it was tipped. That man looked like he was about to throw up, standing there next to the ball, waiting to kick it. Uh, I thought when Alabama called that timeout, he was going to pass out. Um, but luckily for me, I picked this game right. I'm not a huge Alabama Crimson Tide fan. I'll just be real honest. Sometimes it's easy to don't to not like the people who win all the time. So uh, I like to see chaos. I said it before: when it's not my teams, I want absolute chaos. Tennessee provided that. In one of the best atmospheres in college football, Neyland was absolutely rocking. It was an amazing sight when they stormed the field. They ripped the field goal posts out of the ground, took them to the Tennessee River. Uh, I saw somebody was burning one at one point. Uh, Just a great, great day uh, for Knoxville. I would have loved to have been there. I'm sure that atmosphere was just absolutely great. Before the game, during the game, after the game, didn't matter. Cigar smoke everywhere in Knoxville. Uh, so credit to Tennessee, showing up, proving that you're a good team, proving that you're elite. Hendon Hooker put him at front runner for the Heisman. I was high on Hooker going into this game. I'm even higher on him coming out of this game. Um, you know Tennessee showing and proving that that they've got what it takes to win big football games in the SEC. Alabama, you still control your own destiny. You still run the table. You're going to get a chance at an SEC title. Um, and, you know, I think we've all kind of seen at this point, if Alabama's a one-loss team going into that, that SEC title game, they're going to take care of business. They, as, good, as much as I really am not a fan of Alabama, they're a very, very good football team. Nick Saban is the best college football coach to ever coach. I, don't, I really don't think it's a debate. Uh, I, they almost always get that job taken care of. Um, and what could be a rematch in Atlanta in December – I don't necessarily think that's what's going to happen, but it's possible. Uh, Tennessee kind of getting, kind of getting a look forward at their schedule. They've got a tough one next week. They kind of get a bye week. They kind of get a cupcake. They've got University of Tennessee Martin at twelve. I, like I said, it's a cupcake game. Tennessee knew what they were doing when they scheduled this game. Um, they'll get a chance to kind of rest some people kind of go out, almost use it as a scrimmage, so to speak, uh, before they dive right back into SEC play, before they host the Kentucky Wildcats. Then on November 5th, they've got to go to Georgia in what could potentially be another game of the year, game of the season, game of the century, so to speak, in Athens. Uh, that game is going to determine a lot as far as the SEC East is concerned. Uh, after that, they've got 
host to Missouri. They go to South Carolina and to Vanderbilt to end the year. Um, but, I mean, just an absolutely stellar weekend in college football. Um, a weekend that's probably going to get talked about for a long, long time. And, you know, there's still a lot of football left to be played. A lot of these teams have six, some of them even seven games left to play. So it's hard to kind of sit here and make assumptions now. It's hard to even sit here and make picks now as far as college football playoff is concerned. Because Tennessee could drop two games. Georgia could drop two two games. Michigan could drop two games. And we could have a completely different conversation here in four weeks. uh, Kind of going into uh, the rivalry weekend about who's in, who's out, who's going to make the college football playoff, who's going to make the championship games. So, um, you know, college football is crazy. It's a crazy sport. If you can't love it, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's it's if you don't love college football, and especially this past weekend, like the saying goes, I'm not sure you have a pulse. Um, games to the wire all weekend. It was phenomenal. It was great. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did watching it. Um, but, uh, like I said, long season left. It's hard to sit here and kind of give you guys absolutes now. Um, but because of a lot of these results from, from this past weekend, there was a big shakeup in the, in the top 25. Uh, we're going to kind of briefly read through the list here. Um, we'll break it down a little bit, at least in the, in the top half or so. Um, but we're not going to, we're not going to spend a ton of time debating this, um, because, I don't want this episode to be two hours long. We could spend four hours today talking about this, but I'm not going to take four hours of your guys' time because personally, I don't have four hours of time to give. Um, but remaining at number one, rightfully so, Georgia took care of business against Vanderbilt. No reason for them to drop. Ohio State stays at two. They had a bye week. No real reason for them to drop. You could make an argument for Tennessee, um, but Ohio State's looked very, very good all year. They've looked dominant. They've blown out people. Um, so I... I think Ohio State there is fine. Tennessee at three, rightfully so. Took care of business in, in, in stellar fashion against Alabama. Michigan jumps Clemson to be four. Clemson drops to five. Um, you know, I get it. I, I get it because, you know, they dropped Michigan from four to five and bumped Clemson up because Michigan wasn't winning the big-time game. Clemson kind of struggled in the fourth quarter. I get it. I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't have moved these two teams, I think, they both took care of business. Clemson on the road, Michigan at home, and and not blowout fashion, but solid fashion. Um, so, but I I understand flipping them. Bama drops to six, I think rightfully so. It was a close game. There's no reason to drop them any more than that. Uh, Ole Miss up to seven, took care of business over over um, Auburn. Had a couple losses above them, kind of moved them up. TCU to eight, once again, staying undefeated. Got to move up. UCLA to nine. Oregon 10, Oklahoma State drops to 11. Uh, that double overtime loss on the road, kind of like Alabama. There's no reason to drop them too much. Uh, Southern Cal drops to 12, same thing. No reason to drop them too much. It's a close road loss. They played well. Uh, Wake Forest up to 13. Syracuse up to 14. Utah jumping up to 15. Anytime you beat a team above you, um, whether it's a home, away, you're going to jump. Penn State falls to 16. Um, personally, I would have dropped them a little more, um, but I understand, you know, Michigan's a good team. Clearly they rate Michigan very high, jumping them back up above Clemson. But, you know, personally, I would have dropped them to at least 20. Um, I, I was, I was pretty underwhelmed by the Penn State performance. 
Um, I was pretty disappointed, so to speak. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, Penn State. Uh, you let me down a little bit. But it's okay. You know, they, they, stay, they stay in the top 16. They got their wideout game coming up against Minnesota this upcoming weekend. So they'll be looking to rebound um, in blowout fashion, if I had to guess. Kansas State, 17. They had a bye week, so no, no big surprises there. Uh, Illinois moves up to 24. They took care of business against a very good Minnesota team. I didn't get to talk about that, um, but they did. Uh, Tanner Morgan had to leave the game uh, about halfway well, not even, ha- not even halfway through the fourth quarter. Uh, and afterwards, Minnesota had nothing offensively. Um, and Illinois just kind of took care of business. Kentucky moves back up to 19, rightfully so. Texas up to 20th. But we're going to talk. We're going to stop. We're going to take a minute. We're going to pull over to the side. We're going to talk about this Texas game. Texas game was close. And I, I don't want to talk about the officials. This is not a podcast where it's just going to turn into me bashing officials. But Texas got bailed out because I know the Iowa State quarterback fumbled it. I get it. I do. But the reason he fumbled it is because he got blasted in the head. I'm not a huge fan of targeting. I think it should be there for for the big plays. I think it should be there when it's egregious and bad. But if you're going to have the rule, you've got to use the rule. (laughs) And, you know, I hate the conspiracy theorists who are like, oh, well, Referees wanted him to win. Well, I doubt. I don't think that's true. I don't want to think that's true. You know, it's fun to joke about that sometimes. I don't really think that's necessarily true in college football. Um, maybe a little bit, you know, because, um, you know, I've refed games before. At the beginning of the game, most of the time, you, <laughs> unfortunately, you kind of pick a favorite team. It's it's natural. It's human. It's normal. But I don't necessarily think that this is something that that the referees predetermined. That you know we're we're gonna make sure Texas wins no matter what, um, but it was a, it was a bad miss. I mean, it was a pretty obvious helmet to helmet. Uh, the guy's going to the ground. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. I feel like the rule changes all the time to where maybe I'm just I don't know the rule completely anymore. Uh, but to me personally, it felt like targeting. Uh, it felt like Texas kind of got bailed out on that one. Uh, but either way, they didn't call it. They won the game. They move up to twentieth. Uh, Cincinnati staying at 21. North Carolina moves into the top 25, beating Duke. Uh, they moved to 6-1 and one on the year. We're going to talk about them a little bit later. Um, so I'm not going to dive into that game very much right now. NC State drops from 15 to 23. You lose on the road. You lose your quarterback. You know, Luckily for them, they got a bye week this upcoming week. I personally, since they lost Evan Leary, probably would have dropped him out of the top 25. But obviously the committee disagrees. Mississippi State drops to 24, rightfully so. And Tulane moving into the top 25 for the first time in a long time. Uh, I think I saw something that last time Tulane was in the top 25. Tennessee won the national championship. So Vols fans, don't get too excited. But there's a little piece of history for you to to spice up your Monday afternoon. Uh, but that's your top 25 updated this week. Um like I said, lots of big games this past weekend. Lots of games that shook up the top 25. We've got more games coming up this weekend that's going to shake up the top 25. Uh, so don't go anywhere, guys. Um, it's it's an absolute great day. It's an absolute great week. I cannot believe we got as many great games as we got this weekend. I'm excited to see what we've got coming up. Um, but we're going to dive right into my winners and losers for the week, guys. So stick with me. I'm doing pretty good on time. Hopefully I can keep it short. Uh, I joked around earlier saying we could talk for four hours. 
I'm not going to do that. Don't worry, guys. I don't have four hours to give. You don't have four hours to give. Let's just save everybody a little bit of time. Um, but my big winners and losers of the weekend. Um, you know, it was, it was honestly hard for me to keep it to a minimum. There were so many teams I could have put as winners. And honestly, I was struggling to figure teams out to be at losers. Um, it was a good weekend for the... Um, not for not the upset, whatever that is. I can't think of that word right now. But um, big weekend um, for the favorite. There it is. For the favorites, uh, underdog struggled this weekend. So no big, huge losers. Um, but we're going to start with my winners. I got four. I got four of each. And once again, I could have put probably six or seven big winners. Um, but I kept it at four. And my four teams are this. First off, Michigan. Talked about you earlier. You you shut up a lot of the hate. You shut up a lot of the skepticism. You you answered a lot of questions about yourself. And so congrats to you. You beat a good Penn State team at home uh, decisively. So anytime somebody does that, it's a top 10 team, you're going to be in my big winner category. Uh, my next big winner is Clemson. Once again, answered a lot of questions. Uh, kind of proved that you can win on the road. You can win the big time, prime time event. Um, you've shown it in years past. You hadn't quite shown it yet this year. Um, and that's why I picked you to lose. But you shut me up. You shut a lot of the haters up. You proved you can win. You're my big winner for the week. Next, this one's going to surprise a couple people. But the University of North Carolina is my next big winner. Uh, taking care of business over Duke 38-35. to You know, I think a lot of people after those first couple weeks um, would not have picked UNC to be 6-1. and one. But they're 6-1. and one. They're 22nd in the rankings. You know, that defense looked abysmal to start. They figured it out thanks to a couple big performances, uh, starting against Virginia Tech, um, blowing them out, keeping them to 10 points. Kind of used that as motivation. Kind of used that as, as um, confidence uh, going into the rest of the season. Um, so congrats to UNC. You're in the rankings again. You're looking good. Uh, Drake May is a great quarterback. Um, I hope that they can keep winning. Honestly, I do. Because I want that ACC title game to be a good game. I want it to be close. Um, because I think it helps the conference itself uh, if that's a big game, if that's a top 25 game, or even higher, top 15 potentially, if UNC can keep winning, um, Clemson can t- keep winning, or Syracuse, who knows. Um, but as long as that's a big game, I think that's big for the ACC. You know, I, I've been a big believer in, in title games being top 25, being top 15 matchups. Um, so I hope for the ACC's sake, uh, it's something that, that happens. Uh, and finally, my last big winner of the weekend. This one's obvious. It goes to Tennessee. It goes to the whole city of Knoxville. It goes to the field goal post, who's probably still floating down the Tennessee River. An absolute, I mean, just great weekend for those folks. Uh, you know, I, I hope everybody is safe. I hope everybody made it through the night. I hope you guys still remember it. Um, I hope those cigars tasted good. Uh, I heard Dixieland alike being played in the in the stadium after the game, so I know a lot of Tennessee fans uh, were very, very, very happy. Uh, and I'm happy for you. Anytime uh, you know you can finally um, break the break the norm, getting that first win in 15 years, uh, it's a big weekend. It's a big time uh, event for the whole city. So I was happy to see it. I was happy for those people. Uh, it was an absolute great atmosphere. It was a great scene after the game. Tennessee happily paying that fine for their fans uh, storming the field. Peyton Manning himself probably reached in his back pocket and said, here you go. (laughs) 
here's here's the money. Uh, so, you know, I think that's the last thing Tennessee was going to worry about. Um, I saw something on Twitter. One of their boosters posted that they had already written the check pregame. So that's the kind of confidence I love. Like I said, they had already ordered another set of field goals. Um, so happy for Tennessee, happy for the state, happy for the city of Knoxville. Um, congrats to you guys. Hope you guys can continue to win. Hope you guys can continue to prove uh, that you're elite. Once again, I like to see chaos. I like to see uh, teams who aren't necessarily always good winning games. Um, so consider me on the Tennessee train until they play South Carolina, then go Cox. Uh, moving into my losers, and this one was hard. It really was. There weren't many teams um, that were were just struggling over the weekend that had bad losses. Um, but we're going to kind of quickly go through them. Kansas, oh, moment of silence for Kansas. Uh, you started great. You really did. You've lost two in a row now. And I don't want to sit here and say that it's it's 2009 and you're gonna start five and zero and then go seven or five and seven to finish the year. So I hope that's not what happens. I hope you get a couple more games in you. I hope your 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 backup quarterback can kind of get things going. I hope you guys can figure it out. You scored plenty of points. Um, I think you just saw an Oklahoma team that probably went through hell this week at practice, um, and, and they responded. Uh, next, Notre Dame. You lost to a real, real bad Stanford team, uh, sixteen to fourteen. Um, Stanford, you know, didn't look like they could beat anybody, um, and yet they come in. You, you, you blocked a punt. You blocked a punt. You had everything going right, and Stanford came in, took care of business, getting the W. Uh, for that, you're going to be back in my losers, uh, big loser for the weekend. And you know, Notre Dame took took a risk. In the hiring of Marcus Freeman, um, um, and and you know I think it's something that you've got to be careful because you know they listen to the players, they listen to the fans, they they kind of committed to the long run um, with him. Um, you know I think he's going to ultimately be a good head coach, but it's something where um, it could take a while. It could take some time for them to really. Um, establish themselves as as um, the next big thing, kind of reach that that Notre Dame caliber again. Um, you know, they got a new head coach who's never been a head coach before. He was a defensive coordinator. The players loved him. The fans love him. I hope he gets time. I don't know if he will. Notre Dame's a place where you got to win right away, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I got two more. Really, only one more team. Uh, but Vanderbilt, it's just once again, I feel bad for Vanderbilt. They're a really good baseball team. Uh, they had a decent basketball team last year. Um, but really good baseball team. Definitely caliber, SEC caliber baseball program. Um, that's about it. I mean, you get just waxed every week. Um, 55 to nothing. It's it's just a bad loss. It's bad. Um, you know, so they're, they're going to go in my big loser category. Simply because I feel bad for them, because they're just getting killed every week. Uh, I wish I could change it. Wish I could just say, you know what, you're gonna go here. You're gonna get replaced by this team, that team, and this team, and all is right and raid. But can't do that. Lastly, my big, my last big loser of the weekend is NC State. Not because you lost, but because you lost your starting quarterback. Um, like I said, I hope you guys can get it turned around. I don't necessarily think you will, but I hope you do. Um, I think it's important that the ACC has more teams that are good. 
I think it's important for college football that the ACC is a good conference. Uh, it's in a great spot. It's in the East Coast, all the way up and down. You know, big teams in big areas of Miami. You got Boston College in Boston. Um, you know, you got Raleigh has like four teams and 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 whatever. So, um, you know, I hope you guys can figure it out. I hope you guys can take advantage of the bye week and um, kind of get uh, yourselves established again as a team. Um, but I think it's gonna be difficult. Devin Leary was a great, great, great quarterback. Um, but you know, I I wish him the best, a speedy recovery from all of us here at Next Gen Athletics. Um, but you're you're gonna be in my big losers category simply because you lost your quarterback. Um, but that's gonna do it, guys, for for the podcast today. I think I did pretty good at keeping it short. I tried to. Um, there was a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. Um, you know, it was a huge, massive weekend for for college athletics, for college football. Um, you know, I know we didn't really get to talk about any other sports, but football today. Uh, we'll, I'll make sure to kind of get some of the other sports taken care of next podcast uh, later on this week. But that's going to do it for today. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, don't forget to follow, subscribe, wherever you're listening to the podcast. Leave a review. Follow the social media at next underscore gen underscore ATH on Twitter and next underscore gen underscore athletics on Instagram. Guys, have a great rest of your week. I will talk to you guys later on. Uh, enjoy it. I think the weather's supposed to be beautiful. So take advantage of it. Get outside. Have some fun. Enjoy yourselves. And I will talk to you guys later on. See ya.